Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Your Goat podcast. Josh here. It was nice uh, to have a week off, but we're back. The college football recap, I gave 11 predictions last Saturday. I finished with an 8-3 and three record. Uh, could have done gone higher if I went with my gut on certain picks, but I'll break that down. And the new AP Top 25 for college football rankings have came out. I react to that. And then... It's back. The NFL is upon us tonight. The Cowboys Buccaneers. I'm going to break that game down. And then for the whole of NFL season, I'm going to give you my pick for MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, my Super Bowl pick and winner by winners of divisions. This is the full NFL special right here. Then to conclude, I'll give you my top five uh, teams in Major League Baseball at the moment. So let's get right into it with the college football uh, recap. And I picked Ohio State uh, to beat Minnesota, and they did take care of business. Of course, being a Michigan fan, I wanted Ohio State to lose, but I thought they wouldn't. And Minnesota played a very uh, close Tight-knit game, uh, had control there. Going into halftime, they were up 14-10, to 21-17 in the third corner. Uh, e- Mohamed Ibrahim is a fantastic running back, however, injured in the third quarter. That's when things took a turn for them offensively. Uh, devastating injury for Minnesota just the rest of the year since he will be out. I don't know if he'll be able to sustain uh, you know, a sub or a, a above 500 record uh, with him uh, being gone because he is a huge piece of that offense. So when he was gone, they took advantage, uh, a 32-yard fumble return. And the other thing that Minnesota gave up was too many big passing plays. Uh, it was just terrible and just big plays in general. Most of Ohio State's touchdowns were on big plays. Minnesota's defense were great for chunks of the game, but they had those mental lapses where Ohio State broke free. Ohio State scored on a 71-yard run, a 38-yard pass, a 56-yard pass, a 70-yard pass, a 61-yard pass, and then they added in the fumble return for a touchdown. So every single run or pass was that of 30 yards for a touchdown. Uh, the big plays killed Minnesota. They have to find a way on defense uh, to eliminate those big plays going forward. For Ohio State, uh, defensively, they have uh, some work to do as well, especially uh, on defense. I thought on offense, uh, C.J. Stroud being his first game uh, really came alive in the second half, took advantage of this Minnesota defense. But their defense has to get better if they're going to live up uh, to a college football playoff caliber team that they're accustomed to because they got hit in the mouth hard early from Minnesota. A great balance of passing and rushing, uh, facing a better team in Oregon this week. I'll talk more about that later, but that will be another tough test for Ohio State to start the season. But that started me off 1-0. Then North Carolina in Virginia Tech. The place was rocking Saturday, Friday night. I picked North Carolina to win just because I thought Mac Brown would get his troops in order, even though this would be a very, very tough test. 
And I thought, you know, could an upset be brewing? Yes, possibly. Should have gone with the upset bid. Instead, I picked North Carolina to win, and Virginia Tech got the job done. Sam Hell uh, played terrible. Three interceptions was not good at all. They were extremely overrated, not worthy of that 10 ranking, which I thought, because this is a weak ACC uh, division. So again, he didn't look good. The offense of Virginia Tech, you know, didn't look great either uh, with uh, Braxton Burmeister at quarterback. But the Virginia Tech defense was very, very good. To me, they stood out. Uh, they put on a defensive clinic and eliminating uh, the attack, both the rushing and passing attack of North Carolina. So hats off to Virginia Tech to seal the upset right away. Then I picked Northwestern over Michigan State, and I was one and two early, and I thought, oh no, maybe I shouldn't do predictions anymore uh, because I thought Northwestern would win. I thought you know Fitzpatrick as the head coach has just been really good, uh, but again, they could not get it done, uh, which is... You know, surprising, I thought was surprising because Northwestern played a very clean game. No turnovers, dominated the time of possession. Uh, you know, they just could not get it done. They just couldn't. And Michigan State, you know, punched in every chance they could uh, for a touchdown. Uh, dominated uh, the running game, 326 uh, rushing yards. Uh, their running back, Kenneth Walker, had 23 carries, 264 rushing yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, wasn't, you know, the passing attack. It was this running game and defense that we're used to seeing from Michigan State win games. A uh, win a big uh, road game on the road on Northwestern. Big run, of course, when you open up with a 75-yard touchdown run to just open up the game. That will bode very well for you and your confidence going in. Uh, but Kenneth Walker proved to be, you know, this downhill running back that Northwestern just couldn't contain all night long. So it looked very bad for me early on. Then we moved to Saturday. Penn State and Wisconsin, another huge game. Nailbiter went down. Uh, to the wire, was tied at zero at halftime. Uh, and then you got a brilliant uh, play uh, by Jahan Dotson, who reeled in a tremendous catch for a 49-yard touchdown to get the lead early on Penn State, or on Wisconsin. But then Wisconsin returns with a drive of their own. To tie it up, they take the lead uh, 10 to 7. Penn State comes back, ties it, and then takes the touchdown, and they miss the extra point. So it's 16 to 10. I think that is going to do them in that extra point if Wisconsin scores, because this was a battle of attrition all day long, a battle of field uh, position. But then Wisconsin drove down the 2v1 yard line. Uh, and then took a little sack there to get to the 8-yard line, and they throw an interception in the end zone. 
which I thought was going to put this game away. But that was not the case. Wisconsin got the ball again. I drove down again, but just could not get the game-tying touchdown. Uh, But Wisconsin, you know, shouldn't hang their heads uh, down low. I know this is a tough one uh, to swallow, but their rushing game looked good. Again, to me, every running back that comes out of Wisconsin looks good. This time it was Ches Muselli, but Graham Mertz did not look like the quarterback didn't play up to snuff with 185 yards and two touchdowns. He killed them. The key turnovers were huge. The interception, the fumble loss, uh, they were too much because, you know, Wisconsin beat them in terms of total yards on rushing. That rush defense looks really good uh, for Wisconsin, only allowing 2.8 yards per rush in that first game, only 50 yards. Brilliant. You know, they were the more composed team, 42 penalty yards to 79 dominated the time of possession 42 minutes and 51 seconds to 1709 almost triple the amount of time that they had in this game they almost they had dominated it for two-thirds of it and you can't win you can't convert uh shame on you Wisconsin for not doing that but it also proves that Penn State also has a really good defense this was a big game to start Week one to start Big Ten football already. And Penn State got a much-needed win and showed how bad they were last year. That maybe last year in the pandemic year didn't mean much because this is the Penn State, you know, we are used to seeing. Uh, Sean Clifford look composed. They do have to work on that running game as well. Wisconsin needs to work on its past even. So there is things to work out. But it's nice that, you know, Penn State got a huge win in a big test early on in the season right away. And then you had Alabama-Miami. I thought that would be an Alabama blowout. And, of course, it was they were favored by 28 points, I believe. Maybe maybe less. Maybe it was 20. I don't think 28. Maybe I said they'd win by 28. But they won by 31. Bryce Young... Already just another great quarterback coming out of Alabama. You had uh, Tua, it seems like, Jalen Hurts before. It seems like all these great quarterbacks now, at least, maybe they don't develop well in the NFL, but at least in Alabama, Nick Saban has got them. Broke the record for most, you know, passing yards or touchdowns, whatever. In a debut for Alabama, Bryce Young, 344 yards, four touchdowns, put up an offensive clinic this team did. Started off early, got up to a 27-0 lead, 27-3 lead at halftime. That's how dominant they were. It was up to 41-3 at one point before the final of 44-13. Miami had no business being in this game, playing in this game uh, as well. This was basically like an FCS opponent matchup for Alabama. This wasn't real football at all. This was Alabama on cruise control and on cruise control 500 yards compared to Miami's 265 almost doubled them in terms of that doubled them passing 354 to 178 and almost double in rushing 147 to 87. A dominated time of possession. Again just a thoroughly dominant performance from Alabama 
Miami didn't deserve to be in this game. De'Aaron King, who I think can be a good quarterback, did not prove that this past weekend. 178 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. This defense for Alabama is also really good. But when you put that many points on early on when you're up 20-0, to it is hard to catch up if you're the opposing team. And Alabama did not put their foot off the gas. They kept rolling and rolling and rolling. The tide rolled. Roll tide. That was a big win. A statement win for Alabama uh, to prove that they have gone nowhere. Switch out the roster. Boom, it's still there. And that's, again, why I like Alabama to, again, go to the college football playoff yet again because the recruiting and the talent they keep on bringing in, the display of talent that was on display this past weekend. And it shows that Alabama is still cream of the crop in college football. Nick Saban is still the best coach in college football. This team is still the best. And you're going to have to be a real threat to dethrone them. And Miami was just a pretender at number 14. But then you had another big, big 10 game in Indiana and Iowa, in which Iowa thoroughly dominated. I thought Iowa would win clear cut. They were slight favorites. But this defense looked good. You know, Michael Penix Jr. last year was great for Indiana. This Indiana team was really good in that pandemic season. But not yesterday. I know that, or not last week, I know that for sure. They He did not look good. Quarterback rating of 14.3. Three interceptions. He looked confused. This Iowa defense looked good. This looked like a real Kirk Ferentz Iowa defense as well. Iowa team that runs the ball efficiently. Uh, Tyler Goodson, 19 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown as well. They also had a pick six, two pick sixes. So again, this defense was shut down. When the quarterback gifts you 14 points, um, it's going to be hard uh, to come back, but they couldn't get anything passing or rushing. The ball couldn't get anything going. Iowa dominated this game in terms of first down uh, efficiency as well. Uh, Total yards, Iowa had more. Even though Indiana had more passing yards, they didn't have the costly, you know, interceptions, the two pick sixes. They did lose a couple fumbles, so they have to be a little uh, more disciplined, better carrying the ball. But again, a thorough win from Iowa. Looks again like, you know, this division here, the Big Ten West, is going to be between Iowa, Wisconsin. I know that Wisconsin had this early loss, but I would say look till October 30th, when the division is there, you know, Iowa could be one loss, maybe undefeated. They play Penn State as well before that matchup with Wisconsin. And Wisconsin has a favorable schedule going into that. They play Notre Dame. But again, that could be for the Big Ten West. And then you had Louisiana and Texas. I said Steve Sarkeesian is going to get this win. And yes, Steve Sarkeesian got this win. Hudson Card for Texas I thought was great. 
Bison Robinson was also good. A Tucson boy as well. The four of the Texas Longhorns representing 103 yards a touchdown. Uh, Jordan Whittington looked good. This Texas team looked really good. I think Steve Sarkeesian was the right hire. I think he was mentored well by Nick Saban. And I think he's going to do great at Texas. I'm not saying that Texas is back or, you know, that watch out for Texas or Texas is in a steal of this division. No, I still think Oklahoma is the best. But I think you could see Texas have a consistent contender. Whereas, you know, in past years uh, with Sam Ellinger and their former coach as well, a lot of hype. Uh, but just really a lot of inconsistency. I think Steve Sarkeesian is going to bring a much more consistent uh, program. A lot of things that he developed with Alabama, he's going to work over and incorporate there at Texas. And I think we're going to see that again. This offense looked good, 435 total yards, good balance of passing and rushing, 265 to 170, no turnovers. Again, if you're a Texas fan, that's the win you want to see. That's the Texas team you're expecting against a ranked opponent in the Louisiana uh, Cajuns, and you got the win. Then you had the big game. Game day, Georgia-Clemson. I said Georgia was going to win because they had the better offense and defense. Well, guess what? Nobody had a good offense that game. There was no good offensive plays. There wasn't anything I saw on offense that I liked, and they both could come away with at all. Very sloppy, uh, more sloppy by Clemson. JT Daniels, you know, didn't look much better than uh, DJ Ugalele. Uh, But the Georgia defense looked like the best defense in the country. A 74-yard pick six was the only touchdown scored. A 10-3 win, seven sacks as well uh, for this Georgia defense. Uh, they got after him, and then another uh, turnover as well by Georgia. But Georgia held the Clemson rushing attack to just two yards, 0.1 yards per rush. That's how you know your defense is stout when Clemson, uh, with Dabo Sweeney, can rely on that rushing game to open up a passing, and they just could not do it. Georgia shut Clemson down. I thought this defense would be good. But I didn't know it was going to be that good, that scary looking. And that's what George does. They look athletic. Uh, they look good. And with their schedule, they might be rolling up uh, to the SEC championship game uh, and closing that chapter soon. But I would like to see JT Daniels improve in this Georgia defense or this Georgia rushing offense as well. Just this whole offense improve. I know Clemson. Has a great defense as well with Mike Venable and his play calling. It's always there. This was a defensive game, but just the one pick six was just enough to turn the tide in this game. Again, if you were looking for an offensive game, this was not it. You turned tuned into the wrong one. This was about as old school as you can get in terms of defense. Defense and defense in Georgia right now has the best defense. Big win for Georgia. I don't know if Clemson can recover with the cupcake of a schedule they have left. As I said, 
They might go 11-1. and one. They just might. But that loss to Georgia will loom large. Then the other game I had, my last loss of the weekend, was LSU and UCLA. This was one I was very, very upset about. Uh, because I thought LSU at O would kind of be back. But maybe, just maybe, I think now LSU is very overrated. They just had the right timing there. Joe Burrow had one of the greatest college football seasons of all time at the quarterback position. He just did. And he kind of carried Edo uh, to this one because their defense wasn't that special. Their defense hasn't been that special with Edo or Coach Miles before then. It was just that one season. So maybe that one season was a blip because now they got embarrassed by UCLA. Zach Charbonnet, the transfer from Michigan, who torched Hawaii a week earlier, torched LSU. Uh, the quarterback as well, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, had a field day on this LSU defense. This defense has to get in order if you are going to compete. I don't see LSU beating the likes of Auburn, Ole Miss, Florida, Alabama with this defense, Texas A&M. With this loss, I could see them losing all those opponents as well. I could see them. They already have one. That's two, three, four. I could see them with six losses. They could easily go six and six this season. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, there's a lot that needs to be fixed on LSU. Uh, but maybe Chip Kelly is finally right at this ship, not having a non-conference win. Before this, he's got two in a row. He now plays Fresno State, which is the final one, before they get into a very tough Pac-12 battle. But maybe Chip Kelly is back. All his players that he wants are finally on his team. And maybe Edo will be goner sooner than later. Then you had Notre Dame-Florida State Sunday night, which was actually a thrilling game. Didn't think that. Uh, Notre Dame escaped with the victory. It was 38-20 to 20 going into the fourth quarter. And Mackenzie Milton led the comeback 38-38. to 38. Couldn't believe it. And then the overtime kicker for Florida State missed it. And Notre Dame made the same exact kick. So, again, emotional night for Mackenzie Milton. Fans were rocking in Florida State. Uh, game Florida State could have won. But this, to me, is just the game that Notre Dame keeps on winning. A game they could have lost. And there might be more on the schedule where they just pull out, win, and eco win out, even though we do have a tough schedule. They play the likes of Wisconsin, Cincinnati, uh, Virginia Tech, USC. So I do see some losses in there. But this is, uh, I really would like to see Notre Dame lose a couple because I don't want to see them in the playoff after so many playoff embarrassments. And then to finish off, my 8-3 and three record was Ole Miss. Ole Miss was back. Matt Corral, who I thought is great and will be a Heisman contender, uh, was just terrific. Dissected this Louisville defense, was up 26-0 at halftime. And they ended up winning 43-24. Louisville showed a competitive fire. This game was very competitive 
very hard hitting, a lot of targeting as well. Four players ejected in the first half, uh, two from each side. Uh, but I liked what I saw from Ole Miss. Again, their defense looked much improved, DJ Durkin, but they still have work to do, uh, you know, before they hang up, you know, with the marquee matchup of Alabama in a few weeks. But I like where this offense is going, and they can definitely tune some things up uh, against Austin PA, Tulane, uh, before they face Alabama in Alabama in a big, crucial game. So that's the college football recap. Now, the new AP Top 25 is out. Alabama's still number one. No surprise there. Georgia moved up three spots, taking the number two slot now. Uh, and I agree. They look better than Oklahoma. Oklahoma was two. But they had a tough one against Tulane. They could barely hold on. So I am totally uh, fine with that. Everybody else, because of Clemson's loss, Moved up a spot, Texas A&M, Ohio State. Again, I am fine with big jumps were Iowa and Penn State. Both liked because Indiana was ranked high, and uh, now they're out of it. And Penn State as well beat Wisconsin, who was ranked ahead of them. Of course, they would have then pass them as well. So I like those big wins because they beat as tough opponents as was in the rankings. Texas made a big jump as well. Uh, North Carolina had a huge drop, 14 spots from 10 to 24. I agree. Uh, I definitely thought they were weak for being in there that early, uh, but we will continue uh, to see. LSU no longer in the rankings. Indiana, Washington, embarrassing loss to Montana and Louisiana. One thing I do want to point out, Michigan receiver Ronnie Bell tore his ACL. Again, that was my fourth pick for my playoff. And, of course, that news breaks. Hopefully that doesn't break their season because they still have so much talent on offense. And the win looked really good. J.J. McCarthy with a great play as well, the backup quarterback. So we'll continue to see what happens there. But week two is upon us tomorrow. But now time to get to the NFL. Who's my MVP for this season? I'm going to give it to you. It's Matthew Stafford. I've been talking about this Matthew Stafford trade for a while now. I really like how he's going to fit with Sean McVay. I think he's going to be brilliant there. The weapons at his disposal with Deshaun Jackson, the Robert Woods, the Cooper Cup, the Gerald Everett. Uh, You've got Sony Michelle in the backfield. Matthew Stafford has had more weapons now acquired for him in this one season with the Rams before they even played. Uh, than uh, he's had with the Detroit Lions. I know he had Megatron, Matthew Stafford, that that was it there for a long period of time. I think Matthew Stafford is easily going to put up 5,000 yards, which he's done before. I think Sean McVay is tailoring this offense just for Matthew Stafford. We're getting along so well that this is going to be a very harmonious, synchronous relationship. And Matthew Stafford is going to get that win. That's what's going to happen. He's going to win MVP. But will he win Offensive Player of the Year? We've seen in years past that that has not happened. We saw last year Derrick Henry win Offensive Player of the Year with uh, Aaron Rodgers winning MVP. I don't think Matthew Stafford will win it. I just think the eye candy of Patrick Mahomes will have him win Offensive Player of the Year. 
I think he's also going to be great this season. Come out on a mission as well. They still have weapons. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I expect nothing less than Patrick Mahomes than again to put up a big numbers. Again, he might be because he's in an easier division, easier schedule than the Rams hit. He'll put up points so easily. You know, he might stop, you know, in the fourth quarter. Later in the fourth quarter, I think there might be three or four games where he doesn't play the fourth quarter because of how much you're up by. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to have a stellar year this year. Defensive player of the year. I think the safe and only pick at this point is Aaron Donald. I do. Uh, He's just a defensive wrecking ball, a defensive force. Uh, Haven't seen a defensive player like him in a while that can just take control of the line of scrimmage by himself. And even when it looks like it could be debatable who wins, it just Aaron Donald is just the one that won in the past last year. Aaron Donald or T.J. Watt, it just goes to Aaron Donald because he is the difference maker, and it is shown for this Rams defense, who I think is again going to be top five, top three, and it wouldn't be that way without Aaron Donald. You have to game plan for Aaron Donald more than Jalen Ramsey or anyone else on this defense. It is Aaron Donald and Aaron Donald alone. So I have the Rams with Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, MVP and defense player of the year. Are they making it to the Super Bowl? No, they are not. My Super Bowl pick is a rematch. Last year, I said Bucks over Chiefs for the Super Bowl. This year, I am touting the same thing. I'm going Bucks over Chiefs. Again, they beat the Rams in the conference championship The Chiefs beat the Bills in a rematch of the conference championship. And they get the win again. Tom Brady, the most clutch player in the history of sports. The GOAT of sports. That's just what he is. Gets it done. Nobody forces him to retire. Nobody makes him go out. Father time doesn't catch up to him. He goes out on his own terms. Who knows what happens after this year. But what I do know is he is going to have eight rings on his fingers. That is what I know. Do I want that? No, I'd like for him to be done playing so he doesn't collect all these rings uh, because he's past Thanos now uh, with six. You know, you had Michael Jordan at six. You had Thanos at six. Now this guy has seven. You know, he's like the secret Thanos where he got the extra infinity zone. So I don't like that. Uh, we need this to stop so if you all could acknowledge his greatness and then we can move on with our lives so that he doesn't have to win this eighth Super Bowl, uh, which he will. Now I'm going to go over who wins the divisions and makes the playoffs. I'm not going to do any specific order. Well, I'm going to start with the AFC, but I'm not going to do any specific order of seeds in the playoffs. The AFC East, you have the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the New England Patriots, and the New York Jets. Bills are going to win that division. That's easy for them to do with Josh Allen, the same team, Stephon Diggs, Manuel Sanders, I think will be an underrated move for this passing attack as well. Defense got better through a draft. So again, this team will be winning games through December. 
AFC North. I like the Browns. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL. They really clicked last year with Kevin Stefanski as a head coach. Him and Baker Mayfield again. Another great coach, quarterback duo. Best offensive line. Best running back tandem in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. OBJ on the outside returning. Jarvis Landry as well. And then on defense, you added Jadavion Clowney to already a beast playmaker in Miles Garrett. Through a draft, you added Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa. So yes, this defense will be much improved. Uh, They'll be better. Then, AFC South, you have the Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. Picking the Titans, uh, even when it's close in years past with the Colts, I don't know if I trust your quarterback. The Titans have the same team, but added a great weapon in Julio Jones. Now you have to game plan for Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. And, of course, they have reigning offensive player of the year and rushing leader back-to-back years, Derrick Henry, who you just can't stop, just hope to contain. And I don't see any team in this division containing Derrick Henry. AFC West, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers. If I have the Chargers winning the su- or losing in the Super Bowl but getting there, of course I'm going to have them winning their division, which they'll be able to do with the four reasons I mentioned. So that's four of the playoff spots are going to the Bills, the Browns, the Titans, and the Broncos because they're division winners. Now who sneaks in in the wild card spots? Who are the other three teams? I like the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, to get in, they always have a stout defense. John Harbaugh is well coached. Do I think Lamar Jackson is an elite passer, elite quarterback? No, I don't. I've never thought that. You can go through multiple pass podcasts, and you will have my stance on Lamar Jackson because I don't think he's that special with his arm. Is he special with his legs? I'll give him that, uh, but that won't beat you. And then just in, it looks like Gus Edwards has torn his ACL in practice. So that's Gus Edwards, I believe, uh, Justice Hill, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, so that's all. Their running backs are now gone. They have Le'Veon Bell in another one. So that hurts. So I'm glad I didn't pick them to win the division. I'm glad I just got that in. Thank you, Adam Schefter. But, oh man, this is rough. I'll have them taking a playoff spot. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers taking a playoff spot as well. Uh, ben, Big Ben's last year, this was a team that started 11-0. Do I think they'll start 11-0? No, I don't. But I do think they'll win quite a few games with this team. This defense is very good with T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. That they'll get a playoff spot. And Najee Harris, I think, will also be a tremendous uh, pick as well that they made in the draft. And then seventh, I think, will be the Miami Dolphins. This defense at times looked really good. Xavier Howard is a premier shutdown corner. Tua taking another leap and knowing that he has full reins and not Ryan Fitzpatrick looking down his shoulder, adding the weapons of Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle through the draft. Uh, they're suited. Mike Gusecki at tight end. Uh, so I think this team will do well in this division to just earn a playoff spot. This was a great conference last year. So those are my seven teams to make the playoffs in the AFC this year. The Bills, the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Browns, the Ravens, the Titans, and the Chiefs.
Now, what about the NFC? NFC East, I'm picking the Cowboys to go out. I don't know if I trust Dax Health or anybody in this division. I don't think it'll be as weak as last year where a team with a losing record got in. But I do think it will still be weak. But Dak has weapons galore at his disposal with CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, who could all possibly have a 1,000 receiving yard seasons this year. They have Ezekiel Elliott, and they overhauled this defense with a new coordinator as well. So they could, you know, be a potential uh, threat, you know, if everything gets in order, but I think they'll win the division. NFC North, it's going to the Green Bay Packers. They have owned this division for a while now. Aaron Rodgers has owned it. Devontae Adams alongside with him. They're referring quite a lot to the last dance, of course. We'll see if that is true or not, but whatever the case is, they're winning this division because nobody is going to stop Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams in that division this year. NFC South, last year the Saints took this division because they had Drew Brees. Uh, this year they don't. The Bucks are reigning Super Bowl champions. They're winning the division this year. They're taking the NFC South. Tom Brady is back. Mike Evans, they're all back this year. It's going to be a great year uh, for them. This defense, I think, will be better. The secondary, which was very young last year, is another year improved. Look great in the Super Bowl. Uh, Coach Todd Bowles on this defense will be great. Bruce Arians, Byron Leftwich, this whole staff, everybody's returned one more time. Can they do it again? I think so, and it starts by winning this division. And then the NFC West. Very tough division, very tough, but I think the Los Angeles Rams can do it. The addition of Matthew Stafford is huge. This defense takes a minor step back, but they're still legit. They get it done. This defense is good. This offense, as I said, with Matthew Stafford, the weapons at his arsenal, I think they can win this very tough division where you've got the Seahawks, who won this division last year, right there. The Cardinals, who have improved. The 49ers are healthy and are a very balanced team. But I think the Rams can stave all of them off with the talent they have, with the coaching of Sean McVay, who's a terrific coach, who's been to the Super Bowl, uh, knows how to get there, and I think he can do it uh, here with the Rams again soon. So you have those four teams there, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Rams. Who are the other three teams that are going to get in? I think they're all going to be NFC West teams. Again, I think this whole division gets in the playoffs I think the Arizona Cardinals make it, the San Francisco 49ers make it, the Seattle Seahawks make it. Why? The NFC East is just too weak. Uh, last year, all below 7-9, and nine, the Giants, Eagles, Washington, none of them really would have made the playoffs at all anyways if it wasn't for a division winner. I don't like any of them. NFC North, the Vikings, Lions, and Bears. Lions, I think, will be one of the worst teams in the league. Bears, you know, were eight and eight last year. I could see the same record or nine and seven, nine and seven they were, and Vikings were seven and nine. I expect those same records uh, from them. NFC South Falcons aren't going anywhere with the team they have. Neither are the Panthers or the Saints. And that just leaves strong NFC West teams 
It really does. Uh, the Cardinals, I think this is a make-or-break year uh, for the potential of Kyler Murray, for Cliff Kingsbury, to see if this experiment works. If not, you know, it could be a long offseason in Arizona, but I think they're going to give it a go. They put it all in. They have DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best wide receivers in the league. They picked up A.J. Green, uh, J.J. Watt as well to improve this defense. Picked up Rodney Hudson, who's a great center as well. Uh, So I expect them to win more games. The 49ers, they're getting Jimmy Garoppolo back healthy, and if not, they have a great insurance plan in Trey Lance, who we drafted at three. They have George Kittle back healthy again. They've got fast perimeter weapons, and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne. They have, uh, I take that back, Kendrick Bourne's no longer there, but Raheem Mostert running back as well, who's very quick. Defense, Joey Bosa will be back as well. Fred Warner, one of the best linebackers, is there as well. So this team will be just fine and win a lot of games. And then the Seahawks as well, division winners last year, have one of the best quarterbacks in Russell Wilson right now. Great tandem in Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Again, this offensive line worries me when you have to play the defenses of the Cardinals, the Rams, and 49ers. Uh, But with Russ's elusiveness, uh, he can escape some of his pressure. Don't think he'll escape at all, but I think he'll be able to make plays with his legs extend plays, and put up timely scores. And, you know, hopefully they get ahead enough to where there's no pressure on this defense because looks like everybody's happy now with their contracts. Dwayne Brown, Jamal Adams. But I'll continue to monitor that situation. But I think they'll also get in. So for NFC, I have the Cowboys getting in, the Packers, the Bucks the Rams, the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Seahawks. Which leads us to tonight's game, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do I think will win this game and why? I think this is going to be a slaughter fest. I do. I was talking to my family last night and comparing this to what I think will be the 2014 season opener uh, between the Packers and the Seahawks. The Seahawks just won the Super Bowl against the Broncos. Uh, They opened up against the Packers, of course, a couple years removed from the Fail Mary as well, but the games between Packers and Seahawks were always tight. Expected this to be a close game with Aaron Rodgers, but the Seahawks defense walloped them and they won 36-16. I think something very similar is going to happen tonight. I think Tampa Bay is going to win this game easily by three touchdowns. I could see them winning 34-13. to 13. They've returned every starter, every coordinator, every, everybody's back from last year. The added experience, Tom Brady, and again, that attitude that I keep on mentioning, how it doesn't affect just the offense but the defense as well, to get his troops in line, because he's not just the leader of the offense, he's the leader of this team, which makes him so good and makes everybody else buy in, because it's not just him talking to the wide receivers or his friends, it's him talking to everybody, affecting everybody's disposition on this team, and that's what's going to do it. So I think, again, 
we're going to have a top five offense, top five defense, and their attitude will get it done. And as for the Cowboys, they have the talent. On defense, I think it's a little shaky, and Tom Brady will burn these rookies tonight. And Dak Prescott, his first game back is against the Bucks. Great defense. We just saw it happen to Patrick Mahomes last year. And Dak Prescott is no Patrick Mahomes, so what's going to happen tonight? I'm very worried for Dak Prescott. He might just want to stay at home on his sleep number bed and await next week uh, so he does not risk any further injury. His shoulder, his ankle, something bad could happen because these are his first real in-game reps. No preseason, not a lot of practice or training camp as well with the mysterious shoulder injury, the ankle recovering from last year. So he is thrown into the fire and he might want to sit this one out uh, because I think it'll get ugly and ugly fast. If there's any hope, it's to run the football, but Tampa Bay with the best rushing defense last year. I just don't know if it's possible. Tampa Bay gets a huge win here tonight to open their season. Now I'm going to give you my top five teams in the MLB right now. Number five, Houston Astros. Why? Because they've got a great offense. And they're scoring well. Uh, they're playing well. This is a great team. And, you know, this is a team that was really stayed together uh, through the thick and thin of the cheating scandals and allegations that they have and convictions. And they just keep on coming out uh, with wins and showing you know, that they are resilient, and that's why they're number five. Number four, the Milwaukee Brewers. Why? Well, they're getting key role players back from the injured list. They've strung together a couple of wins, back-to-back wins as well. So getting some of those guys, the pitcher, key pitcher back, and rotational guys, I think, add to their depth and are very close uh, to securing their division in baseball. Number three, the Tampa Bay Rays. Why? Well, Wander Franco is hitting really good for this team. It seems like another guy to just add to the lineup to hit. They have the most runs scored in all of baseball. This is a tremendous offensive team, a real team that buys into what they're doing. Number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Again, a great rotation. So many guys out. Trevor Bauer on leave. Uh, Clayton Kershaw not playing, but you have Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer playing great. Defensively, very good. The least amount of runs allowed. They have the best run differential and is just a really good team. But number one is the San Francisco Giants. Last week it was the Dodgers. Now it's back to the Giants who have been number one for so long. Why? Well, this past weekend they beat the Dodgers two out of three times uh, to take the tiebreaker against the Dodgers. They've won four in a row, now two games up on the Dodgers, essentially three because of the tiebreaker. And that's what I wanted to see from the Giants. Can they beat the Dodgers? And they had two key wins against them and I think can hang with the Dodgers in any given series. So that's my top five. The Astros, the Brewers, the Rays, the Dodgers, and the Giants. But tonight, a big game between the Blue Jays and 
the Yankees. Why? Well, the Yankees were just up in the wild card by half a game now because of their losing streak. They are 2-9 and nine in their past 11 games. Three straight L's. Two of the Blue Jays. They are now a half game back of this first wild card spot. Red Sox have overtaken them, but they're a game and a half ahead of the Blue Jays. They lose tonight. They are equal in the loss column. Toronto actually has a couple games in hand to then pass the Yankees, which would then make them a half game back. Huge game tonight. One of the best pitchers for the Blue Jays pitching tonight, Jose Barreos. Uh, Nestor Cortez for the Yankees. Yankees need to win this one tonight. They really do. This is a huge game for them, both mentally, because they get swept by the Blue Jays. This tonight could be the end of their season. I hope not, but the way it's looking is not good. Then just to fill you in again, the St. Louis Cardinals just beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. So that's, again, yet another loss for the Dodgers. Giants win tonight. They could essentially be four games up on them. Go Giants. Then just another news, Sidney Crosby, the best player in the National Hockey League, had a wrist surgery, uh, will be out around six weeks, missed the start of the season. I hope all goes well with Sidney Crosby and his road to recovery. As the Penguins surely miss him, they'll be out both Evgeny Malkin and Sid the Kid to start the season. Sid is the most important player to this team. And then Patrick Cantley won the FedEx Cup playoffs. I thought it would be uh, John Rahm. He was close, missed out by a stroke. Uh, but congratulations to Patrick Cantley uh, for winning. Uh, you know, when you're up two strokes, three strokes on other contenders, it definitely makes it easy if they were to have started even. Uh, John Rahm would have won it, but great season for him, for Patrick Cantley. Uh, there you go. This has been Get Your Goat. Again, big seasons coming ahead for NFL. Let's get started. I'm ready. Starting tonight, kickoff in a few hours, Cowboys and Buccaneers. Bye, everybody.